Hi, welcome to the Black Man and Intentions. I'm your host, Kwame Hodasiani. Thank you very much for listening to earlier episodes on the Childish and the Gangs. And I'm actually pleased about the listeners and the people that actually followed as well. And thank you very much. It means a lot to me and I really appreciate it. Um, so today's episode is going to be a little bit emotional and a little bit um, sad and sorrowful as well. And today, the topic for today's podcast is going to be Mommy's Boy, Daddy's Victory. Um, looking from how we ended the last episode, it was literally talking about my mom passing and how her passing also affected me as a young individual. Um, bear in mind, I was listening to people on their views about death. And what I came to realize is that no one is actually prepared for death. Regardless, we wish everybody could live till God comes and nobody's going to die. You can be with them and have joy with them and play with them and see all the fun and life within them. And you don't see them die, probably just vanish or something. Maybe that would be understandable. But to see a loved one die, that's actually a blow to the heart. Or especially when the person is close to you. Um, if the person isn't close, that's a different conversation altogether. But talking about it, I wouldn't say I was prepared to see my mom go because I had a lot of things that I wish my mom was involved in right now, but my mom isn't. And it breaks my heart that she left earlier on. But God knows best and God knows the plans that he has. So in regards to it, today's conversation um looking at mommy's boy daddy's victory everyone that knows me back in the days and everybody that was close to me back in the days when i was young in ghana living in ghana knows that i was mommy's boy and i'm actually glad to say that i'm not i'm actually gassed to say i was mommy's boy i felt good because my mom was my best friend my mom was my best companion my mom was that person that i could walk to and talk to share feelings and share emotions with my mom was that advice that she would sit me down and advise me regardless of every situation and she was the person that in every situation i found myself in she wasn't going to judge me but she was going to talk to me she was going to relate to me based on those conversations and she dying I don't think I actually dealt with death properly. I think it was the reason I actually came to terms with it that my, my mom was dead. Because you live in that vacuum where, as a man, speaking, speaking from a man's perspective, you are taught not to share your emotions 100%. You can share them 50%, but to go into 100% is hard. And I was in that space that I didn't share. I think I shared just 20% of my emotions at that time. And... 20% was me being shocked and being surprised or me being going to the police station to report that my mom was there doing a police report. That was like me or speaking to my friend and telling her that, oh, my mom is dead. And that was it. Or maybe sharing two or three, two or three tears that my mom is gone. But deep down, I was hurting. Deep down, I was trapped. Deep down, I lost a friend. Deep down, my mind was going all ballistics and all chaotic because I didn't know how to deal with it but I'm a man I'm 25 years I'm supposed to portray that behavior of a man an African man to be precise I'm supposed to show that I'm a big and tough man that 
regardless of whoever it is i'm supposed to stand strong but i was a child inside i was crying inside i was sorrowful inside days i would go to bed and nobody was watching i would wet my pillow with tears and cry so much because my best friend is gone the person that i could talk to the person i could share my life with is gone and even what broke my heart the most is that she went in my presence in nobody's nobody else's presence I saw my mum the morning healthy and I saw my mum gone the night so it was it was sad it was sorrowful and if my mum were to be still alive there would be a lot of questions that I wanted to ask her there would be questions that I wanted to know about when I was um on my first relationship probably I would have asked her how do you go about it probably I would have I would have asked her how do you how do you deal with women how do you go about it but then life happens and God knows best so in regards to that may her so rest in peace and I would forever love her so that was my mum and that was how death put me in that position where I think I became a lot more selfish in my emotions and more reserved as an individual and till now i think some of some of those feelings are still lingering and i don't i like to kick back and not share most of the time and yeah i think i took that from when my mom died so that brought me to that point where would i say death made me treat people in a certain manner and let people in not treat people not treat people with that respect of like oh yeah my, my close friends so i want you in i think i kick people out i lock people out and some of the people that are made their emotions also hurt them with the people i was in relationships with that point because some of the relationships i went into i think i was toxic i was toxic with the fact that i was had emotions that were on my mind that I couldn't share but then I just needed somebody to talk to I just needed somebody that was around me just for the f- sake of it because I felt that v- void of my mom isn't there and I just needed somebody there to just talk to or have and to some extent just for sexual pleasure to be honest and that was selfish and that was a point of um, toxic life and the, the sad thing was that it would end up with a breakup and I'll jump into another relationship without healing and it's like a broken bottle going to another vessel you can't actually fetch your, your full water to capacity because you're broken and you're leaking from every side and that was a sad moment in my life so I was mommy's boy until mommy left then I be, had to become a man and the man had to do things by myself not to say that I didn't have support I have had the best family support the best system and that brought me to my the point of where I say that is victory when I was talking about when I was thinking about that point that is victory that is victory doesn't mean that I was a trophy child that is victory was like I was the last born and my father loved me he loved me 100% but the way he showed it was different and I think the death of my mom also affected my dad so much because that was the only person I saw my dad with. I didn't see my dad with friends. I saw my dad with my mom all the time. So for him to lose his wife, for him to lose his best friend, for him to lose his his fighting buddy, for him to lose that person in his life, I think that was 
a shock to him. He didn't expect it to come. Because I remember the day my mom passed and I called my dad. I think he dropped everything that he was doing at the bank. Came. No slippers on. No shoes on. And when he saw my mom's body, he ripped his shirt out. Like he tore his shirt into pieces. And I'd never seen my dad cry in my entire life. And to see my dad in tears, it was bad. So fast forward I stopped my work in Vodafone to take over the family business because my dad wanted to close it but I was like this was my mother's legacy and she wanted to continue with this business so regardless of anything I will leave what I'm doing to actually do that business so I left Vodafone came into the family business and this was a point where I was feeling all grown up all big boy the big boy had emotions that were killing him but he didn't want to actually express them feeling big boy I had a little bit of money coming into my pocket and I was doing the most. I didn't give regards to the other shareholders, those which was my brothers and also my dad. I thought it was mine. I thought it was my bona fide property, but mis- having misplaced priority that this is a family business and the family is involved in it. So I was doing things my way and I was in that space where I didn't care. Until one day, my dad came to me and said, Kwame, I'm resigning from the bank and I'm coming to join the family business because I think I, I need to make the family business work. I was a little bit surprised and shocked because I knew who my dad was. My dad was a disciplinarian, but it didn't come to me as um, that point where he's going to resign to come to the shop. But daddy came to the shop and that was when we went head to head. I wanted to do things my way, but my dad wouldn't allow me to do things my way because I felt that I need to impress and show that I'm that boy that is actually making moves in the shop, making decisions, calling suppliers to bring stuff in, pulling the shots out, bringing money into the business. And why are you trying to block my shine? I was always going in the opposite direction of my dad, trying to prove a point to my dad, not listening to the direction. But bear in mind, this is somebody who has worked in the bank for years. He's worked with small businesses and has helped them develop. So the knowledge he brings to the table is so enormous. But then I felt that, oh, I've I've, I've done the best. I've, I've left my business. I need to prove a point to you. I wasn't listening. So I think that that was a point where I went head to head with my dad and I felt that my dad was a monster at that point. So what happened was I got a call from my friend called Kevin. Kevin called me and said, Kwame, at that point I was called Papoose. He said, there's an opportunity to go and study masters in Italy. So jump on that wagon. And I, I flew with it because that was my getting out ticket from my dad. So if somebody says that, oh, you left Ghana because you wanted to get green pastures. No. I didn't. I left Ghana because I was running away from my dad. My dad was pissing me off at that point. So I was just running away from my dad and I just needed that space of freedom. Not under his umbrella, not under his his name. I wanted to be myself. I wanted to be Kwame Hodasi and not Mr. Enim's son. I wanted to be that individual that would do things by himself. So I left. I was doing things, got my documentations ready, got the visa in place and I was approved to go and study in Italy. I didn't have money to go, so I just had to match to him and say, Dad, I've got admission in Italy. Would you pay for my, my fans? Would you pay for me to go? My dad was surprised. He was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? I don't even know where I'm going to get the fans from. I don't even know who's going to pay for your school fees. I've not planned that into my financial year. 
so what do you mean i just chuckled when I, I i don't think i chuckled but I, I was rude at that point but my dad being the person he is he actually made sure that i was able to go so that was that big smile that came on my face when i got the money to buy my ticket and i was leaving i felt that that is it that's his life now i've left you like i'm going to wherever i want to go I got on a flight to Italy, same I got to the I got to Kotoka. Let's go back to Kotoka. I got to Kotoka, send my bias to my brother Samara. My dad didn't go with me to the airport though. He wished me well at home. We had our hugs, we prayed together and I left. And I had my favorite food. Fufu 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 with peanut butter soup. So my big brother took me to the airport. I left, said my bias to everybody, hugs and kisses, and I left. Got to Kotoka, dead. Customs immigration. I got to the waiting point. I had some few tears. I shed tears and I cried a bit, but it was like tears of joy. I'm leaving. I'm leaving this country behind. I'm leaving my dad behind. I'm leaving everything behind because I'm, I'm going to be the man I'm going to be. I took Emirates at that point and did a trans transit from Accra to Dubai, Dubai to Bologna. I get to Dubai, Dubai was glorious, Dubai was lovely, Dubai was amazing. I was like, wow, that's my first time traveling. Wow, look at look at that. It's lovely. Dubai is crazy. Then I get to Bologna and God, the smile on my face that I had left and anger and soul came on. I get there in the customs, the immigration guy was asking me, what do you want to do here? What are you here for? I stood in the queue for almost an hour. Being treated like a person without value and a person of rubbish. Because bear in mind, I've seen why people come to Ghana and we have treated them like they are diamonds and pearls, giving them the greatest respect. So in my mind, I'm expecting to get that treatment back. But for me to get that confrontation and for me to get being interrogated like an arm robber or a drug trafficker, I felt the least of human being, the, the least human as possible. There was an American lady behind me at that point and she was like, don't be surprised, this is how it is. Italians are racist. And I was so surprised. I got out of the airport thinking that probably it was just immigration and stuff that were there. But no, it cut across. I remember sitting on the train from Bologna to Parma, and there was this lady that would even sit beside me because I was black. Not to say that I don't have good friends in Italy, I have lovely and amazing friends in Italy, but that was what happened. So, on today's episode, I'm just going to end on that because the next episode is going to talk about my school and my education, and we'll delve into this. But before I end, what I would like to say is that if you're a man, speak up talk to your friends especially in times of death speak to your friends let your friends or let your family be part of your journey let them know what you are struggling with don't bottom everything in because you feel like you're a man and every decision has to be done with you sorrow kills people die from mental health and mental issues so if you're in that space that you feel like there's a lot of things that you need or you want to say speak to someone People will look at you on the surface and think that you are fine and will move on with their lives because people also have issues that they have to deal with. But I feel like men don't speak up. And because we don't speak up, people don't actually care about us. And immediately we speak up, people also feel like we're actually weak. 
it's not that we are weak but it's at that point that we feel like we need help and support so don't ignore somebody when they speak up especially a man but try and guide them encourage them and even if you, do, you can't direct the person to where he can get help thank you very much i know it's been a sort of full episode but i hope you enjoy it and you take some advice out of it and it's been good hearing from you again thank you very much and have a good day take care bye